Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Welcome to the Have a Game Plan episode where Rosie Martinson Employer Brand Manager at Carbon Help is my special guest. Listen close as she shares her insights on candidate experience, employer brand, candidate communications, and more. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please subscribe wherever you enjoy podcasts and do share with others. Want to comment, discuss, or provide feedback, you can send me a note via LinkedIn or via the contact form on our site, thecx.xyz. I thank you for listening, and here's my interview. Hey, Rosie, how are you today? I am good. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for joining me today. Sure, happy to be here. Awesome. Could you give um, my listeners a little bit about who is Rosie and and who you work for and what do you do for them? Sure, yeah. So I am Rosie Martinson. I live on the West Coast in Tacoma, Washington in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I currently work at a healthcare technology organization called Carbon Health, and I lead the employment brand team, and I am on the talent acquisition team reporting to our VP of talent. What led you into working into this talent or people space? What's your backstory? It's a really great question because, uh, as as you know, I'm sure, being in this world, some people are in HR and some are marketing and some are recruiters. There's lots yep. of different ways to get into this space, yep. right? <laughs> and so um, I actually am a marketer at heart. I've been in marketing for um, over 15 years. I have a public relations advertising degree and... About seven or eight years ago, as I was working in healthcare marketing, I was looking for something new and I wanted to grow my career and work for a larger company. And so I came across a demand generation manager role. And, uh, you know, if, if you know marketing, demand generation is a marketing term and it's a, um, a marketer that is generating demand for a company's product or service, right? That you are marketing to your audience. Well, I joined as demand generation manager um, on the recruiting team, and my role at the at in this com- at this company was to generate demand uh, from physicians to want to work at our company. So I was generating physician demands, basically recruitment marketing, right? 
And so I took my marketing knowledge in healthcare, knowing that target audience of uh, physicians and nurse practitioners and physician assistants, and I applied that marketing knowledge to recruitment marketing and generating demand. And that's how I got my start in um, recruitment marketing, employer branding, all the talent people stuff. Great. How long have you been doing this sort of work? I have. I, I started that role um, in 2014. So um, I guess I'm going on seven, eight years now. Um, I've, I've been at two different companies doing this work. So currently at Carbon Health and Employer Brand, and I have a recruitment marketing person as well on my team. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm guessing that you might know a little bit about Candidate experience, because you're... (laughs) (laughs) I like to think so. I like to think that I um, have learned a little bit over my years working in employment brand and in the talent space and candidate experience. And, um, you know, as you know, you always have to think about the customer, right? And in our case, we think about the candidate. So definitely um, have have tried to um, learn and... um, provide a great candidate experience. Awesome. Can you describe a a challenge that your company was facing related to candidate experience and and what you did about it? Sure. Yeah. Well, when I think about the candidate experience, I think about what do the candidates want, first of all? And so, and, and I will get to the challenge. I just want to talk a little bit about that first. It's like, I, I want to understand sure. what the candidates want, right? And opposed sure. to as like what we're offering. And so, sure. um, you know, and my current role, and I'm happy to, you know, say this, this is at Carbon Health. Um, you know, we grew from a startup. We started as a startup in 2015. I just joined this year, but we really grew like 2000% during the pandemic because of our work with, um, with COVID testing and uh, vaccinations and all of that. And so we That's grew rapidly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was, it was a, a, you know, huge learning curve and our organization worked so hard and really moved out of that startup space into a thriving nationwide healthcare practice that, that not only has this pandemic work, but we also have 100 clinics, primary care, urgent care across the U.S. So our challenge during this time, uh, as it relates to candidate experience, is making sure that as we are growing, we're providing that fair, equitable, same candidate experience for all candidates, regardless of who they're working with on the talent team, who's interviewing them, where their location is, what role they're interviewing for. Because as an employer brand person, obviously we want that candidate experience to be great. And we also want it to be fair and equitable and and the same for all, because that is what helps our brand. So this meant really diving into uh, the challenge of what is our, what do we want the candidate experience to look like? What do candidates want? Do they want... Um, feedback at this touch point in the pairing process? Do they want this communication in their journey? Do they want feedback, uh, you know, at the beginning, middle or end of this recruiting process? So really looking at knowing our audience, looking at what they want at the different roles that we're hiring for, and then 
adding all those touch points and that communication and those expectations into the interview process and creating that scalable training for our team to ensure that candidates are are having that same candidate experience across every brand touch point. How how do you do that? You're uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, that's like, that's like the you, secret sauce. No. Yeah, I'm well, kidding. without giving out too many details, <laughs> sure. but like, you know, like how do how do you actually do that cuz you've had some significant hiring uh, and growth, which is great, but like how does that sort of translate in the in the day to day and 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 more importantly probably like how you know how do you know how do you know you're you're making the mark because when you were at you when you were mentioning those things to people on feedback here in my mind I'm thinking yes 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 like <laughs> like right? like like I'm go I'm going to the you know down the menu of things and yeah. I don't want to just order one I want to check all I want to order all of them so yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, it takes a lot of time. And of course, you know, we're still working on all of this, but I think a lot of it is partnering cross-functionally within your team and focus groups. And so a big part of it is it are those focus groups and getting feedback from people we just hired in, in those job families that we're constantly uh, recruiting for and feedback from people currently in those roles and having the talent coordinators or the recruiters ask specific questions on what the candidates want at the very beginning of that hiring process as well, all brings into play. And so when we have the focus groups to develop and understand our candidate personas, then we look at all of those different touch points. So updating those 50 plus, you know, ATS email templates to ensure that it's a fair, equitable communication, setting expectations for every candidate, no matter who's sending out that email, right? Because that will create that consistent experience and communication. And then auditing all those touch points uh, to ensure that we're over communicating with hiring managers and interview panels of what the job is and what questions are going to be asked so that when the candidate is going through the interview process, they're having that consistent candidate experience that feels good for them. They're not getting surprised by questions that they didn't think was in the job posting. Um, you know, more, that's more work for our recruiters to do, but they're working to make it an inclusive and fair process. Um, and as well as, um, you know, asking the candidate, um, what what they want, how they want to be communicated with. You know, I think I just mentioned that a little bit, but having the recruiter follow that platinum rule of treat others how they want to be treated, right? Not how, not like the golden right. rule of treat others how we want to be treated. And that that ensures that great candidate experience. But there's a lot of research and just process improvement, I think, that's sort of that scientific versus the artistic, you know, everything's a science and an art. There's a lot of science to it. It's a lot of right. research and you have to get into the data and and really be interested in it. Right. What I what I heard you or how I summarize what you just said would be, and you tell me if you agree or not, was okay. <laughs> was partnering, auditing, and over communicating. Is that a Fair. That's a fair that's a fair summarization. Yeah, okay. I would say all of those things are very important and then something that you touched on earlier when you asked the question, I think that fourth thing would be 
measure, right? Yep. So that we understand. And that is, of course, Canada experience surveys, looking at our uh, external reviews on Glassdoor, Indeed, other sure. uh, you know, third-party reputation management sites that, that we can check out to see what people that have interviewed um, are saying about their experience, too. That's really important. Right. I, I call those review sites the sites we love to love or maybe we love to hate. <laughs> exactly. Love-hate relationship. Yeah. Uh, come to know and love and, and feedback is your friend. Um, yeah. uh, I think so. No. Great points there. So I appreciate that. Um, we're in, and we're recording this the end of October. We're in Halloween week here, so um, yeah. and this will probably air, you know, beginning of November sometime and stuff. So you're you, we're at the end of the year. I'm not sure if you're on a fiscal year or, or if your fiscal year ends the, the calendar year. But is there, you know, anything new that you or your team has planned for next year that you know you're you're going to add to? or improve to your candidate experience at Carbon Health? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think there's a couple of things that we want to do. And like I mentioned earlier, that platinum rule of treating others how they want to be treated, we are looking at interesting ways to utilize technology to do just that and ensure that the interview experience is personalized. And actually, even taking a step back, as we look at just before the application, uh, ensuring that there are many different channels, many different ways for someone to apply or access a carbon health recruiter, we're looking at ways to do that. But then also during that interview process, um, ensuring that it is truly customized to them, which is going to be a lot more work of advising hiring managers and interview panels and um, even just creating collateral and different and new content. But we want to make sure that what we're sharing during that interview process is what the candidate wants. Because one benefit is interesting to one person, another person might prefer hearing about another benefit. So it's great to capture all that information and data from the beginning so that we can hit all of those points um, and and recruit the candidate to come to come and join us. So I think just... Some candidate journey work is being done so that sure. we can look at all those touch points and figure out how to, um, you know, utilize that UX, the user experience um, uh, methods, you know, which are typically on like a marketing or design side, but apply that over to candidate experience to really surprise and delight our candidate. Yeah, I mean, you described... Um you know, like design thinking in sort of a nutshell there. I mean, design thinking is all about um, asking your users, in this case, your users are, are candidates or prospective candidates or applicants, prospective applicants, and, and getting their feedback on what they like, what they don't like, what they'd like to improve. And, you know, part of that is is measuring that as well. So it sounds like you you all have a good handle on that, that you are far, you know, uh, you're winning. I, I wouldn't say, I'm not sure if I, I would say you're winning the race, but <laughs> you're in the race. Yeah, and, we're certainly trying. My yeah, goodness. You, yeah, you are definitely in the race. Um, I Part of what precipitated me wanting to start this podcast and talk with interesting um, 
leaders in that are working in the field um, is to you know to share that sort of knowledge of what's going on out there because I think candidate experience is is not great and it's not great uh, for at a lot of companies even with what you know the unemployment numbers we have and people can't yeah. fill jobs and what is the stat I heard recently was there's you know the largest gap in the history of them keeping track of numbers on this and it's 2.2 million between the wow. number of the number of jobs available <laughs> and the number yeah. and the gap in the number of jobs see, those seeking those jobs 2.2 million largest gap ever so wow. it sounds like you all are doing something to keep you all in the race cuz you're 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 in a competitive market. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Healthcare. I mean, healthcare and technology, right? Yep. Like those physicians and engineers, the top, you know, one of the, some of the top uh, in-demand roles, you know, across the country. And yeah, it is, it is difficult. And I think that it's, it's also, um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people uh, have, have talked about this on your podcast, but that candidate experience of, um, that that pull and push of um, what do they want versus what we're giving and screening people out and providing the right experience so that they so that we're transparent and they know what what they're getting into so to speak you know when they join an organization and if it's not the right fit for them we want to know that early on so all the research and and data gathering gathering and touch point prior you know at the beginning of the interview process and even during application process will help not only us, but it will also help the candidate because that will help their experience from the start so they know whether it's the right fit or not the right fit. Yeah, I think you um, you touched on something that's kind of uh, it's kind of important or is a key differentiator um, when you compare general marketing with recruitment marketing, with general marketing, you know, you want anyone to buy your widget or your service or what have you. If they have the money, you want them to buy it. Um, yeah. Whereas in recruitment marketing, you know, you might have a hundred people apply for a role. Only one person is going to get that role. You want people to sort of select in or select out. And you'd rather have a hundred of the right people applying versus 300 <laughs> wrong exactly. people applying. It's, it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of a, a waste of time, and I think a key key differentiator in sort of the work that that we do and and other people do in this space too. So great stuff. So let me ask you another question about um, like you know there's or what I hear often is oh you know we're a small company or you know we're a medium sized company or even we're a large company but we have no money like there's no budget like that's a, a recurring theme I hear. Is there, is there like one tip that you would offer a company, no matter what size they are, but they're, they, they don't have a budget or they have a very low budget. Is there like one thing that you could say, here's one thing that you can do that doesn't cost anything, or it's really economical, low budget. Uh, but if you did this one thing, you're going to improve your company's candidate experience. Oh my goodness. There are so many things that someone <laughs> you just have to do with, one <laughs> with no budget and no no team uh, can do to 
to improve candidate experience. Um, and I, 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 there's so many things I want to say right now, but I'll try to consider what just that one thing would be. You, you, and, you can do more than one. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I might, I might think of it. I might say another, but I think something that is super important is, um, is being intentional about creating a, a process and communication touch points because that will ensure that you are commuting with the, communicating with the candidate well so they feel valued and they feel like they're not wasting their time and um, ensuring that you're setting expectations right through these communication touch points. So really communication and, and having an intentional communication process and outline for candidates from the very start when, uh, you know, they're looking at a job posting and all the way through, you know, uh, giving them an offer and, and they're signing a contract to join your organization. I think that is, that is key number one. And that really doesn't cost anything because it just takes time. We know time is money, but it's well worth the investment of your time to ensure that um, you have an intentional communication process with candidates. It's sort of like a game plan. No coach goes in any sport, <laughs> in anywhere yes. in the world, goes into a game without a game plan. Exactly. And and to your point, um, you know, lots of different play calls in a football game, right? Depending on what the other team is doing. And, and you've got to be able to pivot and change depending on the offense or the defense. And yep. so knowing what your communication strategy is. And then secondarily, something that also doesn't cost anything is knowing those candidate personas and what they, who that, you know, who that role, who that person is that is typically in that role and where they are, what they like to do, how they like to be communicated, what's their attention span, what are their, you know, where can you find them? And, and then tailoring that content segmenting it out for each of those different candidate personas, but also knowing your value proposition as an organization and having talking points and being able to communicate those well um, and pivoting when the candidate comes back, like the other football team is coming back with, uh oh, they're changing their play. They've got these questions and they've, they want to negotiate. Well, then you have these touch points because you know that other team, you know that candidate and what they may come back to you with. And then you can come back to them with a great talking point or play um, to sell them on your organization to win the game, right? <laughs> exactly. And this, <laughs> this, this applies to American football <laughs> as mm -hmm. well as we're, we have an international audience here. So if we're in, the, exactly. in, in, in Europe, this, <laughs> this is football, what Americans call soccer as well. Exactly. Either, it's either both. That's why I chose football because it's the <laughs> international game that can apply to us all. Yep. I agree. So, well, <laughs> Rosie, I really appreciate your tips here. And I think, um, my listeners um, definitely have uh, have a running start here um, uh, with some of your tips there, and and I, I appreciate you sharing them today. If people wanted to get a hold of you, um, how can they do so? Sure. So uh, Rosie Martinson on LinkedIn, R O S I E M A R T I N S O N, um, and you'll find me there. Happy to connect. Great. And I'll share that link in the session notes as well. So um, 
Uh, I hope people reach out if they have questions. Thanks, Rosie, for your time and insights today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z. 